0: Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars?
1: Well, have we got the podcast for you.
0: Welcome to D23 Inside Disney.
1: I'm Jeffrey from D23.
0: I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Zinka from ABC's On the Red Carpet. And together, we're taking you Inside Disney.
1: Hello, beautiful people. Hello.
2: Hello. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> what have you guys
1: been up to? What, let's dive right in. I can't wait to hear.
2: Ooh. Well, speaking of holidays, I rewatched for like the 30th time Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas on Disney+. Aww. Plus. I watch it every December and I just, I just love it. Especially oh. the Gift of the Magi section. That's my favorite. <laughs> How about you? What have you guys been up to?
0: Well, I, of course, watched Avatar. On <laughs> Sunday night, Same. and I got to see the screening of Avatar The Way of Water, y'all. Oh, my! I wait, goodness. I saw it too. I went, Oh, Who I did? went too. I saw it too.
1: I was in Burbank. Where we, too, you? how did we not see Jeffrey, each other? How
0: did we not see each Excuse other? Excuse me, I was at home. Where was was my invite?
1: Oh, my gosh. Anyway, moving on.
0: Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Okay, can we just discuss another masterpiece? Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, yes. Falling. I (laughs) am so excited for everyone to hear our guest today, Sigourney Weaver, who talks all about making it and holding her breath. And then... Also, I love, like, she's got these great ties to Epcot that I think are fantastic. Yes. And she's so good in the movie. So Oh my good. gosh. Ah. I highly recommend it for people to see. And D23's got all the character breakdowns and everything. And so uh, this weekend was Light Up the Season, which is an event uh, traditionally for employees and cast members on the Disney Studios lot. And it was beautiful. There were thousands of cast and employees and their families and guests And it was great. I I got a photo with Carly, with Santa Goofy. Oh,
0: yes.
2: Mickey
1: was there. Minnie was there. Daisy, Donald. There were great photo ops. Michael Vargo, Laura Sanchez, Jen Bellman, the entire events team. Huge congratulations. It was amazing. There were great performances. Our CEO, Bob Iger, was there. And it was great to see him. Wow. It was amazing. And then the next day on Sunday, we did a special event just for D23 members and their guests. I don't want to say it was a carbon copy, but it was very close and really, really wonderful. It was just so great to be there with all the members. And I got a lot of good f- comments about the show, which was lovely oh, to yeah! hear. So, Yay! Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, said hi, like Brandon and Amy and, and everyone. So thank you all so much, Matthias. That was fantastic. It was just great. And then yeah, Way of Water. It's been a, a lot of Disney magic, um, but we've got a lot of news too to get to. So Yes, we do. Sherry, we well,
2: we've got a bunch of big wins to start off this week in Disney news. The Walt Disney Company won 16 16- Emmys at the inaugural Children's and Family Emmy Award ceremonies. These wins happened all across Disney branded television, Disney Junior, 20th Century Television, Pixar Animation Studios, Walt Disney Studios, and of course Disney Plus and Hulu. Tons of wins, including Sneakerella, The Mysterious Benedict Society, The Quest, (laughs) Better Nate Than Ever, Chow Alberto, Endlings, Mickey and Minnie Wish Upon a Christmas, Monsters at Work, Muppet Babies, Muppets Haunted Mansion, and The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. So congrats to all of the winners. I do love the
1: fact that a lot of these winners were also represented on the podcast. So I'm not saying that that's why they won an Emmy, <laughs> but I'm not saying that's not why they
0: won You know, Dinner. Jeffrey, you're on to something. I think we just have
2: some good juju. Same. And <laughs> I think I, we I, do juju too,
1: too, I Emmy
2: do. winners by proxy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and guess what? They might even have some Golden Globe winners, right? Because, oh, yes, the award yeah. season has officially kicked off, y'all. And the Walt Disney Company has earned 43 Golden Globe nominations across film and television, putting Disney ahead of any other company. That's wow. right. Wow. Yeah. So Walt Disney Studios leads with 17 motion picture nominations, including 12 nods for Searchlight Pictures. 20th Century Studios earned two nominations for Avatar The Way of Water. Duh. I mean, hello. Amazing. And on the TV side, we're breaking records. Big shout out to Hulu for 26 nominations, which is the most nomination for a streaming platform, y'all. Wow. And then 20th, yeah, right. And then twentieth television and ABC signature lead all television studios with fifteen nominations, and ABC leads as the most nominated network. So congratulations to all the nominees, so well deserved.
1: Congrats to all of our friends at Hulu and Twentieth and Studios and ABC and everyone. So. Great, great work. Looking ahead, also uh, coming up in 2023, D23 member events, Very exciting. Last week, we put out the announcement for some of the marquee events that are going to be happening for members in 2023. That includes the return of Destination D23 Woo-hoo! to the Contemporary Woo-hoo! Resort at Walt Disney World September 8th through the 10th. And it's going to be in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the company. And there are a few other Disney 100 related events including a special preview for members of disney 100 the exhibition and of course we're going to be doing some studio lot tours that have specific tie-ins to the 100th so very very exciting there there's going to be celebrations of fan favorite films like finding nemo mulan who framed roger rabbit and of course There are going to be some very fun events around the 30th anniversary of Hocus Pocus and the 30th anniversary of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Walt's Marceline. We're going back to Marceline, Missouri. Great events with Disney theatrical shows around the country. So visit d23.com slash events for more information. And in completely different news, that has nothing to do with D23 (laughs) member (laughs) events. (laughs) Although it is also coming in 2023. Season two of The Bad Batch, new trailer available now. You can see that on StarWars.com. See all of the excitement that is lying ahead for The Bad Batch as they continue navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic.
0: Ooh, love that. And this season of giving, we are so excited to share that the Walt Disney Company announced it has awarded grants to 43 nonprofit organizations working with communities across 25 countries to protect more than 60 species this year. This is all made possible by Disney's Planet Possible, which is a year-round initiative that honors nonprofits, organizations, ongoing courage to adaptability and commitment to making a difference. So far, $120 has been given to date. That's a lot in support of a healthier planet for people and wildlife. And these organizations across the world are doing incredible work. And you can learn more by heading over to the WaltDisneyCompany.com.
2: Nice. Well, fellow night owls, rejoice. Listen up because Disneyland After Dark is coming back in 2023. Woo-hoo! Yay! Woo! These events begin with a three-hour pre-party mix-in from six to nine, of course, PM. This is Disneyland After Dark at Disneyland <laughs> Park. And then the private party begins from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., which means you may ride some popular attractions after regular park hours. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. On top of that, yeah. you get unlimited digital downloads of Disney Photo Pass photos, plus commemorative keepsakes, magical entertainment, all kinds of character encounters, food and drinks, of course, and so much more. Okay, so. Here are some event details: Disneyland After Dark Sweethearts Night. Ah, this takes <laughs> place on seven different date nights, which is the most ever for a Disneyland After Dark event. This includes a special themed fireworks show and moonlit cruises on the Mark Twain Riverboat with live jazz music. What? How romantic is that? Wow. Then Disneyland After Dark Princess Night. That's March 7th and 9th at Disneyland Park, and it's brand new for 2023 enjoy a royal welcome at the disneyland train station featuring princess Minnie mouse and princess daisy duck with fanfare trumpeters there's also going to be a musical concert celebrating so many adventurous heroines like moana merida and more tickets are now on disneyland.com plus some disney plus news disney plus has greenlit a reimagining of the successful witch mountain franchise woohoo a pilot is in development now as a modern reinvention of the cult classic. This takes place in the shadow of Witch Mountain and follows two teens. Their names are Tia and Ben, and they develop strange abilities and discover that their sleepy suburb may not be as idyllic as it seems. And Bryce Dallas Howard is in this. How cool. Oh, I love, love it. her. And
1: I was such a fan of the original Witch Mountain oh, yeah, oh. Mm-hmm. You can watch them on Disney+. Plus.
2: <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of watching things on Disney+. Disney Plus Strange World. It's making its Disney Plus debut December 23rd. Yes. I can't wait. There's a new, me too. There's a new (laughs) poster out now. And for those who still want to catch it on the big screen, it is still in theaters now.
0: Wonderful. And more to come on Disney Plus. Season two of the Emmy winning, we have to say that, the Proud Family (laughs) Louder and Prouder series premieres February 1st on Disney Plus. This series, which boasts a star-studded cast, including Kyla Pratt, Tommy Davidson, we've got Cedric the Entertainer, Soleil Moonfry, Carlos Mencia, and more. I'm telling you, this series is definitely a must-binge, because you'll be entertained with laugh-out-loud stories, while also learn about cu- culturally-specific experiences of the Black community, and my favorite, addressing universal topics. Of course, they have amazing series regulars, but y'all, it's all about the guest stars of season two. You ready? We've got mm-hmm. Gabriel Union, Chance the Rapper, Leslie Odom Jr., Anthony Anderson, Courtney B. Vance, and gymnasts Dominique Dawes, Gabby Douglas, and Lori Hernandez as themselves. Wow. I mean, oh come on, right? Cool. So, there's actually a featurette focused on season 2 guest cast and you can see that now on Disney Plus's YouTube page.
1: Well, coming a lot sooner, you know what we have? That's right. It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by our friends at State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com and remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jeffrey, what's up first? Well, up first, we have Le Poupil. It is the movie premiere from Academy Award-winning producer Alfonso Cuaron. It is a live-action short about the desires, pure and selfish, about freedom and devotion, and about the anarchy that is capable of flowering the minds of girls within the confines of a strict religious boarding school at Christmas. That is coming to Disney Plus on Friday the 16th. I'm looking forward to that.
2: It
0: sounds like drama.
1: It sounds like drama.
2: (laughs) Well, also on Friday, the 16th on Disney Plus, this is brand new to the library, Muppets Most Wanted sing-along version. That's right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Get your vocal pipes ready by doing the Kermit. Yay. (laughs) Love this movie. On Saturday, as part of 25 Days of Christmas on Freeform, check out Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas at 5.15 p.m. Yes.
1: Well, and you may as well just keep that dial on Freeform because on Sunday the 18th, why not watch The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, at 2.40 p.m. Eastern and Pacific? I mean, we then you can go and watch The Santa Clauses happening over on the Disney+.
0: And That's right. And after that, you can head over to ABC on Sunday, December 18th, because the yearly classic, The Sound of Music, will be airing. Oh, Oh, yes. That all goes down Sunday, December 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern.
1: Hashtag Disney legend Julie Andrews.
0: Hmm. Hashtag Disney legend Julie Andrews. I mean, how many years? (laughs) Like, I watch it every year. It's like new again, you know? So (laughs) I'm so excited about that.
1: On to our guest, who is someone I have been a fan of for a long time. In the Disney universe, she was the voice of the computer in Wally, the voice of the Marine Life Institute in Finding Dory, and the voice of Lady Starblaster in Pen Zero Part-Time Hero, as well as the narrator of National Geographic's Secrets of the Whales. She has been seen in Holes, The Village, and You Again. She was deliciously evil as Alexandra in Marvel's The Defenders, and she's now returning to James Cameron's Avatar universe with Avatar The Way of Water, But in a very different role. Please welcome to the show, Sigourney Weaver.
2: Yay! Welcome! Okay, so we know you're back, but you're not back. Please explain Kiri and how you came back to the world of Avatar.
3: So quite a long time ago now, really before Jim wrote them, after the first one had come out, and I died as Grace Augustine, we had lunch and kind of just talked about the idea of creating a girl who was very sensitive, who was more comfortable with plants and animals than with people who was an adolescent who, you know, had a special way in nature. And from that discussion, I think Jim went ahead and created this marvelous character, Kiri, who it was such an adventure to play her because I'm It's been a long time since I was 14. (laughs) Same. I do remember it so vividly because I was as tall as I am now, almost 5'11", when I was 11. So that whole period of my life when I was this giant spider is what I felt like. I remember that, the excruciating part of that in a very real way. And I remember, you know, feeling strongly about injustice and, you know, it's going back and forth between sort of freedom to express and constraint. So, you know, I knew I'd have to unearth my 13, 14 year old. And, and luckily, you know, I had the time to put her back together and let her do the movie. (laughs) I just got out of her way. You know? Yeah.
1: How was her agent? Did you have to negotiate with that 13 year old agent?
3: (laughs) I guess her agent would have been uh, Jim. So. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, that's
0: that's so wonderful. And you did touch upon the fact that Grace did die in the first film.
3: So what was that like? Were you like, oh, that was great. and guess I'm done with that. No. In fact, I when I watched it the first time, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what happened to Grace. Because it kind of goes into these flashes of psychedelic something or other. Right. And I wasn't sure what happened to her. But now I know that even though no one dies in science fiction, she did die. But Mm -hmm. she's still a presence in the film. There are a couple of scenes between Kiri and her mother on video, kind of, from the past, but she's still interacting
2: with her.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Beautiful.
2: We know you have a long relationship with James Cameron. What is the working relationship like working with him now? Well, you know, he's he's
3: much more lighthearted (laughs) <laughs> than he was during Aliens, which was a tough shoot because we were with an English crew who didn't really know about Terminator and would never come to the screenings. And so I thought that was challenging for both Gayline Heard and Jim. And I would say, in the years that have passed, he has a family now with children, and we are another kind of family, the Avatar family. Mm-hmm. I don't work as hard when I work, and neither does he, and so that makes for a quite playful atmosphere on set. And since this was a long commitment, like I don't even know how long from his point of view, but for me it was almost two years. You know, playing a fourteen-year-old and going through what happens in the script to the family—it was—they were high-stakes uh, situations. The actors really bring it. And it's so moving to see these characters back again in a different situation. And Carrie seems to fit right in.
0: Oh, gosh. Tell us, what was that experience like making The Way of Water versus the first Avatar film? Mm. Well, I was a human
3: in the first <laughs> one, mostly. <laughs> Except for my scenes where I was the Avatar, where Grace was much happier. So yeah. in this case, it was. Playing such a different character. It was a completely different experience for me. And I'm one of five kids. So I was with the kids almost all the time. And they are great. They all really worked so hard with such commitment. And they're all so talented. Mm. So my experience was very different from hanging out with a bunch of humans at the base and fighting with Quaritch. And as I said, I think I'm more lighthearted about my work so it was a very challenging experience but we really trusted each other and believed in each other's characters because they're you know Sam and Zoe and Stephen Lang are all so solid and so it's a pleasure you could let yourself go and just be in the world of the film with these wonderful characters well Quaritch is not a very wonderful character but he's he's very well acted (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I had the chance to speak with you back at the opening of Pandora, The World of Avatar at Disney's Animal Kingdom a few years back. What do you remember about that experience? What was that like for you?
3: Well, I thought it was incredible that we got to go down there before it opened and start this Avatar way of water at the same time, really. We did some interviews about that. I just remember how cool the ride was on the Mm Ikron. I got to go on it three times and I got better each time with, you know, (laughs) not thinking I am falling down this waterfall. (laughs) I think it's one of the greatest rides ever. When I got to um, LA, I said to Jim, you know, what would really help us is if you got one of those rides here for us at the studio. He said, that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. For yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. And the idea that we are sharing Pandora with this huge growing group of people. It was just, you know, Disney world is an amazing mm-hmm. place. I'm always stunned. Yeah. I'd done the Christmas carols one year. You know, they have high school choruses come in from around Florida and I brought my whole family down. So I I really love Disney World.
1: Mm. I wanna definitely talk about your connections to Disney World, but what's it like filming with practical sets versus ones that end up being created after you film your scenes?
3: Well, my experience was mostly live action. So in that sense, it was quite a normal film except for the scenes where I got to be Grace Avatar. And we did those right at the start. The thing that amazes me is that if you put actors on an empty stage Mm -hmm. with a few sticks around Mm -hmm. to represent a tree or this or that, we go there. Our imaginations just love all that. Nothing gets in the way. You're not waiting for lights or hair and makeup or any costumes. It's all your imagination. And so I was confident about this experience in which I'm all motion capture, but it was more fun than I expected it to be because Kiri has a lot of fun sometimes, and Mm -hmm. the world is full of wonders for all the children, as well as dangers. The troubles that follow our family when we have to leave our home base are significant, and we go to great lengths to protect each other, save each other, and protect
1: Pandora. Sure. You mentioned how much you love Disney World, and I know, and over my shoulder is a poster that you may see, that you have a connection to the creation of Epcot through your family. I would love if you'd share that story.
3: Yeah. I just remember there was a whole period of time where my father went down to Disney World quite often. And I mean, he was a contemporary, really, of all Disneys, mm-hmm. and uh, they knew each other. But he was invited down to talk about what the world of the future would be like in terms of the media, because my father had been a pioneer in television and communication. And so I must say, I do love going to Epcot, even though I think there's not probably a vestige of what my father did left because it's changed so much. But I feel his spirit. I think he it was the kind of job he he just adored, you know. Mm. Again, imagination and where it can take us. Right. Mm, right.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Okay. You mentioned Candlelight Processional, which you did at Epcot back in 2013. And since it's the holidays, what else do you remember about that experience of being there for the holidays and with your family? Well, that
3: whole thing was so full of Christmas spirit mm. and being there with the high school kids and then the adult choir And just singing those amazing carols, they do it so well. It's a tradition, and uh, it's a candlelight service. I guess I did three nights in a row, and it was just so much fun and so moving. I haven't been able to go back down and do it again, but you never know. Yes.
1: Maybe 2023 is your year.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, we're going to switch gears and take it back. So, did you ever make it over to Disney's Hollywood Studios to see the audio animatronics of your character Ripley in the Great Movie Ride?
3: You know, I I did take our daughter to see it. Oh, um, that's the one where there's James Cagney and all yep, those yep. different figures. Yes, she didn't like it. <laughs> She was, she was seven and she Aww. really was frightened. She Aww. doesn't like rides. that I understand now, but I found it quite interesting and I felt very honored to be included with all these movie greats. It was very exciting to be part of it.
1: Yeah. It is rare to see yourself as a, an audio animatronics figure. Yeah. You were in there with uh, Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke and I mean, just uh, so many of the, the cinematic greats. It's so cool. That's so cool switching tracks to your not just your acting but your voice you voiced the computer and wally the marine life institute in finding dory and narrated secrets of the whales for national geographic what is it with you and all of these voice roles for disney we like <laughs> we like live action sigourney how's yes. the, how did the voice stuff all happen
3: you know i don't know i started by doing the american planet earth a long time ago and i I think the power of the voice and the ability to convey things without using anything but your voice is very interesting. And I have to say that while was so charming, I fell in love with the script and Finding Dory as well. Secrets of the Whales was something that Jim came and said, I'd love you to do this. He was one of the producers and I was absolutely fascinated. I did it during COVID, so... I had to put all my clothes around in a circle and sit inside the circle, hoping that there would be not too much noise so I could record these remarkable documentaries. You know, there's a lot of this idea of whales having culture. That's the kind of theme running through the way of water. It's all connected, I think, in Jim's mind, our planet, the creatures on Pandora, and the creatures that we have in our world who are also endangered or being attacked or being misused.
2: Touching on that, the interesting thing is that all of those projects, Avatar, WALL-E, Finding Dory, Secrets of the Whales, embrace the themes of conservation, as have some of your other projects. I'm curious, is that an intentional decision on your part or just a happy accident?
3: I think that I certainly, it, it all those messages really resonate for me. And I think that more and more, I try to do projects that have directly to do with the things I care about. Mm-hmm. You know, Wally, for me, I was just like, you know, a player, but I certainly subscribe to that vision of the future. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I mentioned Wally all the time. The little creature that's up on Mars or Jupiter looks really reminds me of
1: Wally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the rovers. Yes. Wow.
0: Mm. You played the warden in 2003's Holes, which is iconic for, yes, it's so iconic for a generation of Disney movie fans, including myself. Um, What do you remember about making
3: that film? Well, I felt sorry for my character. I felt Mm. she'd had a rotten childhood doing exactly what the boys in holes are doing, digging and digging and digging, digging. And I think that that desensitized her to what she was doing to these boys. And she was obsessed with finding that treasure. So mm-hmm. it's funny, the reason I did it, I think, besides loving the book, was my daughter read the book before I did. And I remember mm-hmm. she was about seven and she came running up to me with a book. She said, mommy, mommy, you have to read this book. There's a horrible, horrible character in here that you should play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So, so She's so, quite intuitive. I love it. <laughs> I know. I know it's a bit frightening. <laughs> but I I did, I you know, there's so many myths about her, the warden too. And I remember feeling that the idea that she had rattlesnake venom in her nails was just Nonsense, (laughs) because she I, I don't think she's evil, I think she's lost and misguided and missed a childhood and so she doesn't have the same value system. Her values are all caught up with what may be found underground. Mm. But I really enjoy the movie. I think it's wonderful. I'm very proud of it. Um, yes, you, you should love be it too. It.
0: Yes,
1: I imagine this is going to be a hard question for you. We do end all of our interviews with this one, but since you've had so many connections and touch points with Disney, I feel like you've got a lot to choose from. What is your favorite Disney memory?
3: Well, I think at this point, it is making way of water. Mm. The training. We did for, in my case, about 18 months underwater with our teacher learning how to free dive. You know, I think when you work with Jim Cameron, you really want to bring it. It doesn't matter what department you're in, whether you're in props or sets or anything. And certainly as actors, you know it's going to be very challenging. He really works very generously with actors. He really will always try an idea that you have. So he's wonderful to work with. So I think my memory of making this film with this group of people is so special. And then seeing the movie as I just did, the movie so lives up to every possible expectation I could have had. Mm -hmm. It is such a powerful experience. And you know, usually when actors see a movie they're in for the first time, they're like, oh, oh, you know, you're kind of wincing. Oh, ugh, I don't like that scene. It's absolutely seamless. You pour yourself mm. into this family and you are with them for those two hours plus. And it is an astonishing work that he's put together in terms of the writing in terms of the casting, in terms of the world, in terms of the imagination of his stories, where it takes you as an audience member, how much it means to you. It's just incredible to me that Jim Cameron has done something this ambitious. And it's just, as I said, Mm. seamless, immersive, powerful, moving, touching and tender and everything you could ever want from a movie. And it's a great adventure.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, gosh. Thank
3: you.
1: Well, Sigourney, this has been incredible. We are massive fans. And who knows, maybe we'll see you at a Disney theme park, either real or audio animatronics in right. the future, too.
3: Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> maybe there will be a water rod. Because... Oh, right. Uh, but, I mean,
0: do you think, you think your daughter will accompany you? No. <laughs> Probably
3: not. <laughs> You know, I don't think she had a chance to go on the wild ride, okay. the Ekron ride. I don't well, know how she'd feel. I, I, you know, she's quite adventurous in mm-hmm. many other ways. She I hadn't did. really been to many theme parks. I think it was just too much input. So, yeah, we'll try again uh, next time. Yes, I'll bring, I'll bring awesome. my daughter. <laughs> oh, good. That will help. Then right, you I think look so. After your daughter. Right, exactly. <laughs> that would calm her down. Yeah. <laughs> well it's been a pleasure you guys I, oh, you I don't too. think I realized all the different ways I have worked with Disney so it's fun to go back over it and go oh yeah yes it's and fun. I'm a huge and fan so I feel very lucky
1: well, we, love, we love that it goes back to your dad like that to me yeah. is just I
3: know it, it goes back to my childhood watching that show every Sunday night mm. yep. so, wonderful um, world
1: of Disney with Walt Oh, yes.
3: Oh, yes. Listen, you guys have a great Christmas.
0: Thank you. You too.
1: too. uh, Congratulations again on the film.
0: Yes. Thank you. We look forward to more conversations with you. Thank
2: you.
1: I love that her daughter doesn't like going on crazy rides. I'm very (laughs) on board with that.
0: You know what? I mean, I get it, but it's funny. Maybe I I still think that there is a possibility to bring her back. Don't you?
1: Maybe. Or... She and I can sit in, hang out, and you and Sigourney can just go on all the crazies. I'm, I'm <laughs> with that.
0: Yeah, and, and guess what? Jeffrey Drea will join you because she doesn't <laughs> it sometimes. All right, well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. And don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, you know what to do. Hashtag D23 Inside
2: Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com.
1: We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.